in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to The Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the sugary sweet Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> this is a new one, Brian. Where, it is where, a new one. Where did you come up with... Uh, what, what gave you the inspiration? I mean, me, obviously, but what What about me? Do I want to know? Is well, this going to make me... Well, Glenn, uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about things, and I really, I've really been appreciating sugar recently. <laughs> Especially sugar in the raw. Raw sugar? Raw sugar. Sugar in the raw. Not the white stuff. No, 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 no. We want all natural sugar in the raw. Untainted. Unspoiled. Yeah. Unbleached. <laughs> unfettered. Yeah. Pure, unadulterated sugar. Sugar in the raw. <laughs> Go out and buy some. This 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 podcast is brought to you by Sugar in the Raw. Sugar in the Raw. Sugar in the Raw. Uh, a delicious sugar. Um, it goes good for baking and just if you want to dip your dip your finger in. Consumption. Little, yeah. Maybe you don't want to go get some Skittles. Maybe you just take a little dab of, of some sugar in the raw. Maybe you don't like your teeth anymore. That's right. That's sugar right. in the raw. Sugar in the raw. Maybe you want to spice up your coffee a little bit. Sugar in the raw. Sugar. <laughs> sugar in the raw. It's like that movie Jerry Maguire. <laughs> yeah. Bob Sugar. Bob Sugar. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. Like, he's like the account executive for Sugar in the Raw. I, I didn't like him. I did not like his character in the movie. But you can't argue with his results. Well, you can, because in the end, Brian, I think Gentleman's a little bit more like Jerry Maguire than Bob Sugar. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. We don't have any high-profile partners. Nope. I mean, for crying out loud, our only sponsor is Sugar in the Raw. (laughs) That's right. That's that's a rod... uh, What's his... (laughs) As long as Sugar in the Raw doesn't get injured, we'll be fine. (laughs) I promise I wouldn't cry. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> um, anyway, Glenn, okay. Let's get let's let's move on. Let's move on. This Glenn. could go on for a while. Okay, this could go on forever and ever and ever. Uh, Glenn Drop and I Glenn and I are co-founders of a site called gentleman.com. Sponsored by Sugar in the Raw. Gentleman.com is a great site. Just like Sugar in the Raw is a great sugar. Oh, God. Uh, the, 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 a great site, Glenn. Yes. And it's going to get a little bit better. Oh yes, it is. A little or a lot, gentlemen. You gets, be the judge. Gentlemen gets it's it's like a it's like that old uh, college coach. Just keep getting better every day. That's right, Glenn. And that's what gentlemen dot com does. It just keeps getting better every day, and it's about to get a lot better. Why is that, Brian? Uh, because we're gonna we're gonna keep releasing some cool stuff. We are. See, people think, oh, you just did a redesign, you fixed this and that, you did this or that, and we're done. But we're not. No, we're not. No, 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 no. So, go on over to gentleman.com, post some stuff, and see what happens. Yeah. See what happens. That's all, that's all I'm saying. That's all I have to say about it. Anyway, Glenn, we're co-founders of a site called gentleman.com. It's a great site to go to. Even if you're not posting stuff, you can visit it. You can create an account. You can like things. You can comment on stuff. You can post stuff. You can sit there and not do anything but enjoy the essence of gentlemen, mm. which is what Glenn and I do every day when we wake up. Yep, before my coffee. That's right. 
It's I need I need the essence of gentlemen just to mm. wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's like you know you get in the shower and you grab that soap and you're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, there it now is. Now I can gentlemen. get going. Oh, that first cup of coffee Ooh. in the morning, you know. Uh, and if you have too much of gentlemen.com, which we don't Whoa. suggest actually. Whoa. Uh, look, it's a fine line. We don't want the FDA cracking down on us for yeah. people over browsing gentlemen.com. That could be a problem. So, if you want to take a break from browsinggentleman.com, a good thing to do is to stop on by podcast.gentleman.com. Yes. Where you can follow along to the links of the episode. Mm-hmm. You can download old episodes from like seven years ago. <laughs> you can uh, browse around, see the see the drinks of the week for the last uh, for the last decade, and all these kinds of things. So it's really really an exciting exciting place to go visit. So uh, podcast.gentleman.com, gentleman.com. They're like two birds of a feather. And if you want to get in touch with us, mm. a great thing to do, get in touch with us. Send a question to the gentleman mailbag. Okay? Okay. That's all I'm saying. Send a question to the gentleman mailbag. Good things happen. Good things happen to people that send questions to the gentleman mailbag. Like Dusty. Like Dusty. Like Nathaniel. Sh- shoot, Nathaniel there. <laughs> Blanking there for a second. Yep. Uh, you know, we love hearing from people. If you've got questions, if you've got concerns, if you've got comments, you got something, hey, you just want to air your grievances on the air. You can do that. Send a letter to the gentleman mailbag. P.O. Box 442305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. Uh, if you are too lazy to do that, mm-hmm. we understand. Mm-hmm. We're lazy ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also send us an email at howdyatgentleman.com. We'd love mm-hmm. to hear from you guys anytime you have a chance to get in touch with us. Please do. And now let's get started with the drink of the week, Glenn. On with the show. On with the show. Well, Brian, it was my turn. Went to the liquor store. Yep. And nothing was jumping out at me, but oh, wait, wait, something jumped out at me. And you know what it was? We went back to the well, Brian. Back to the well. You know Earlier, they say that. That's what they say about that. They say if you go to the well too many times, you know what? It's going to come up dry. It's funny you should mention that because I helped my father with his well over the weekend. Oh, really? We, My, my parents live in, in uh, the country, mm-hmm. and they have their own well. And... It's funny you should you should mention that because we were changing the motor on the on the well. Yeah, we pulled it out. We measured the water depth depth that we had. You know, measured measured twice, cut once, kind of thing. You know, yeah. Get the get the motor all screwed on and everything, and uh-huh. lowered the thing seventy feet back into the the ground. <laughs> and uh, we, we flip we, we get the the electrical all worked out, we'll flip it on, and mm-hmm. get the motor running, and we hear. Uh, oh, and basically. We did not calculate the water depth quite right, oh, and no. so half of the motor was out of the water. Oh! So the, we we went down to the well, and it did come up a little dry. I see. So good time, good timing for for you to mention that. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but not when it comes to Deschutes Brewery. Okay. Well, we're gonna find out. We have before us a six pack of Mirror Pond Pale Ale from Deschutes, mm-hmm. and. Brian, I I'm not gonna lie to you. I've had this before, but I've never I've never judged it under the the harsh lighting, the cold reality that is the the mustache twist scale. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that we need to talk about these things. Hmm. You know, even if we've tried the beer before, we need to officially put the stamp of the MPS on it. Look, Glenn, we have a limited amount of time on this earth yeah and we've got a lot of beers to review for the mts because if we if we do not get through all the beers no one will ever empirically know what these beers are really rated at 
You know it's what I true. Mean? Uh, so we've got an important job to do. We take it seriously. We're we're gonna get to everybody's brewery, everyone's brewery. It's like Santa Claus. You know how he visits like everybody's house yes. at, at night. Yes. We have to find a way before this podcast is over to visit every brewery. I think we can do it. I think we can too. I hope so. I hope so too. We're gonna we're gonna try. We're gonna try. We're not gonna fail for lack of trying. So let's speaking of trying. <laughs> let's uh, let's pop these open. Uh, the one thing I was going to say about this, everybody knows about the shoots. We love the shoots. It's a great beer. Um, we love the fact that brewery yes. and beer, it's all the same. We love it. We love everything about it, Glenn. But uh, just you know, to recap, their website's awesome. Mm. Uh, they have six pages of awards for all their beers. Um, they give you pub recipes. They give you ways to homebrew copies of the brew that they make themselves. This still blows my mind. This is like open source beer, folks. It is. Like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Open source beer. It's awesome. It, uh, what a great company. I mean, that just tells you everything you need to know about them right there. Uh, last time I visited McDonald's website, they weren't telling me how to make a Big Mac at home. Well, there's a reason for that. <laughs> yes, they got something called secret sauce. <laughs> yeah. All right. But I will say that the first, the first recipe that they have to pair with this is a beer cheese soup. Which mm. I'm partial to. Mm. I enjoy a beer cheese, a good beer cheese soup. Maybe we go down to the brewery and BYOB. Maybe. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, what do you say? We get these. Uh, give us a little. Yeah. What shot? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Oh. Cheers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Glenn's passed out. Glenn is bad. <laughs> Glenn has left the building. <laughs> Glenn's left the building. <laughs> This is uh, this is the the shoot's oh. most popular beer. It is the Mirror Pond Pale Ale, and the great thing about this beer, Glenn, that I'm I'm finding right now is that pale ales for me a lot of times go too far with the hoppiness. They get too bitter on me. This thing is smooth as the day I was born. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is smooth all night long. This Woo. thing. Got just enough taste, oh. just enough bitterness. There's there's enough hops in there to let you know it's there. It's a pale ale. Yeah. But you're right, it's smooth. It's almost like a little sweet almost. Yeah. But it's not... And here's the other thing, too. Pale ales, typically a lot closer to Pilsners, and like they're thin. You know, okay. there's like just, yeah. just like a cold, refreshing, yep. thin beer. Mm-hmm. This is This, this is, is substantial. Like full. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like... Oh, man. This is just... It's very good. What kind of IBUs are we looking at here, Brian? Glenn, we're looking at uh, 40 IBUs, 5% wow. alcohol by volume. You would not know there were no. 40 IBUs. No, I would say there. 20 or something. Yeah, maybe 15. I mean, it's so smooth. Uh, it's like the perfect balance of smooth and tasty. Oh, It's really good. Okay, Glenn. Well, um, all right. Well, what do you, uh, you think on your, your MTS... Uh, What's your score mm. for the that we need to plug in the MTS calculator? Okay, so price eight ninety nine. Okay, just a skosh on the high side of our eight fifty, or is it eight? I think we it's typically eight fifty. Eight fifty is kind of the is middle the, ground. The, 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 mm-hmm. Okay. Huh. Oh man, I I could I could if there were twelve of these in front of me, I'd pull an under the giant and just yeah. mm-hmm. not stop. Ah, uh, well, okay. Um, all right. So, hops. Perfect. Yes. I don't think you can do that any better. Nope. Um, Alcohol is uh, 5%. Okay. Straight up. Right right where it needs to be. Not too much. Not too little. Man, I... I, (laughs) 
I mean, I don't know, nine five. Nine five. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. I, I can't. Even, my mind can't even. I'm telling you, that. this may be my favorite beer. This this might be. I, I hear you, man. Okay, I, my I'm, my oh, take, bring me back to earth. My take, Talk me my down. take, my take was nine point two. Wow. Yeah, I was gonna go I, high. I was gonna go high on this because I I like it. I, I love the brewery. It's got a oh. a good alcohol volume. The price is a little bit higher, but it's worth it. Totally oh. worth it. And uh, I love the beer. It's smooth, delicious. Everything everything that's good about it. Okay, Glenn. So, <laughs> oh man, you said uh, nine point five. I said nine point two. This might turn into the highest rated beer that we've talked about on this podcast. It might supplant it. And I think the second highest might have been Jubileo, which was also a, a Deschutes a masterwork. So, um, okay, Glenn, uh, let me type this into the MPS and let's find out what the real empirical score of this beer is. Um, okay, so we said 5 point, uh, 5% alcohol, 40 IBUs, the price was $8.99. Uh, Glenn said 9.5. And I said 9.2. Uh, and while the uh, while, okay, so while while it's printing out here, uh, just for those that don't know, the MPS is the Mustache Twist Scale, which is the empirical, scientifically proven algorithm that we have discovered for saying exactly what the right rating for a beer is. And then what we do is we plug all the numbers into a big computer. And it's it prints out it spits out the official scientific score a beer should have. So it's kind of like a giant version of R two D two. Oh, there's lots of diodes and lights yeah. and all kinds of stuff. Look, Glenn, I, I don't know what the computer does. I just wrote with you wrote the algorithm. That's right. It's patent pending. We'll we'll see what happens. Okay, so it's coming out now, Glenn. Okay, so uh, okay, so that turned out to be an eight point three five actually, which is an eight point three five. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I misread that. Sorry. It said it looked like a it looked like an eight. It was a nine point three five. Sometimes you gotta catch you gotta catch this. You know, the, because the the handset. I just set, I you assume know. you know I get the printout and I think okay just whatever it says. I don't even think about it. I'm just right. like okay this is this is a done deal. So, yeah yeah yeah. Nine point three five. Um, okay, but just for fun, let's let's step on over to beersnob.com and see what uh, this what the mirror pond scores on at, at beersnob.com, home of the snobby beers. Oh, home of the the snobbiest man. I I'm already halfway done with this. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Interesting. Okay, let me say something about this. Let's deconstruct this. The beer beer snob score is 88, which is a very good. But it is a slap in the face. There is yeah, yes. <laughs> okay. The bros, which we still don't know who these faceless people are. We don't know who the bros are. We don't know who they are. They say 96. Which, I guess I, for once in my life... You know, yeah, I mean, agree. I guess we have to agree. It's a great beer. It's it's better than great. It's It's fantastic. I don't label many beers as fantastic, and... Wow. I, yeah. It's, it's going to be a good show, Brian. It's good. Yeah, we're excited about this. Okay, so that's the Mirror Pond perfect, from... perfect, like, spring beer. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. Great time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, great time of year for the for the Mirror Pond. It's perfect for springtime. Oh, man. Perfect for summertime. Maybe into fall, even. You can get in there. <laughs> yeah. And then you can switch over to Jubilee Ale. That's right. Uh, and then start it all back over again. The next spring. Okay, Glenn, uh, let's uh, move on. Let's get to the uh, interesting post from gentleman.com in the last week or so. All right. Well, Brian, uh, first up, 
and this is going to surprise you, but we have a a post by um, Razorback. Mm-hmm. Now, this is. <sighs> I thought I told you never to feature this guy again. I. You know what? Sometimes things slip through the cracks. I guess so. Quality control is just not what it used to be, huh? No, it's not. <laughs> what is this quality control to speak of? Um, right. I'm just kidding. I love Razorback and everything he posts. And so does everybody else. It's exactly. not like it's exactly. not like we're all alone here. Yeah. So uh, this this post got tons of likes, and and it's called Seven Ways to Spot a Fake Barbecue Spot." Wait, spot a fake bar? Let's let's amend that. Seven ways to spot a fake barbecue joint. joint. There yeah. we go. Um, and what it is. Okay, look, the thing is, Glenn, everybody knows Everybody knows what we're talking about here. You know what I mean? Yep. There's these there's big box barbecue places. Right. And then there's the dirty little stand down oh, yeah. the way, on the on the way to work, you're driving through, and there's the guy with the, the you know... Sweating. Sweating out there over a hot barbecue. Right. Which one's real barbecue, Glenn? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, I will tell you, before we deconstruct this, Brian, I will tell you that one of these seven I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. So controversy. So right off the bat, you know, you have, you know, number one, the barbecue sauce before it hits the table. Absolutely. If it has sauce on it, what are they hiding? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Yep. Okay. Um, if it tastes like liquid smoke, obviously they don't have real smoke. Right. So they're not actually, you know, smoking the meat. Mm-hmm. Um, if the ribs fall off the bone, that's a big no-no, actually, if you cook ribs, if you actually know what you're doing, because mm-hmm. that that's like... Stew meat. I mean, it's not like. Yeah, they're saying basically they fake it by boiling the ribs, right? And then they like finish it by throwing it on the grill or broiling it to right. give it the char. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, not good. Uh, if it's in a strip mall, you know, okay, that makes sense. Actually, there's two because I've had barbecue in a strip mall that was fan freaking tastic. I could see a good barbecue joint being in a strip mall. Well, the thing Look, was, I'm just saying. Yeah. The thing was, and this dovetails into the next one. The next one they have on the list, there's a two-ton custom-welded cooker sitting in front of the restaurant. This barbecue place I'm thinking of that was local, mm-hmm. and actually there's a few of these I know of that are fantastic. Uh-huh. They're just small little operations, and one of them is in a strip mall, and they had a custom-welded cooker mm. in front of the restaurant. True. But the thing was is that the guy was in front of it using it every day. Yeah. And he was a salty old dude who'd been doing it for 10 years. Well, that's the thing, though, is that it says, it says on there, it says, like, it it's... There and it just sits there. No one right. uses it. That's the thing. It's not that there's a two-ton cooker there. Mm-hmm. It's that it's not getting used. It's just sitting there. So, yeah. The thing. The thing is actually, it was located in a strip mall north of the north of town, which um, unfortunately was right next to a strip club. Right. So I was always a little nervous, like parking my car. <laughs> Like, right in front of the, you know... And then I popped out of the strip club, and I was like, oh! <laughs> oh, you're getting barbecued, too! Me, too! Yeah, I'm, I'm just here getting barbecued! Yeah, yeah no, the uh, they'd have... Um, <laughs> we'd be in there for lunch, and, like, some of the... Allegedly, yeah. some of the dancers would come by for, like, lunch, and then they'd go to work. Why not? But it's funny, it was just weird, the interaction between, like, the cooks. Like, it was just, it was just yeah. you know... Hey, I could see one of those dancers. This one's on the house, okay? <laughs> Just get a slab of ribs <laughs> backstage, you know? Yeah. All right, uh, let me just pay for this. Here's one, two, three, four, five, six. So, anyway, so, um, but yeah, I always felt a little nervous, like, mm-hmm. you know, who's going to drive by and see my car and be like, what the? 
Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Glenn, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. I was just having barbecue. <laughs> sure you were. Yeah. Sure you were. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway. So, you take issue with the strip mall? I've had barbecue in the strip mall. It was awesome. And the uh, two-tone cooker thing, but we kind of... We, right. We You're right. hashed that out. We we figured we that out. That, yeah. If it's just for show, mm-hmm. there it's like a, it's like a smoke and mirror, right? I think the main thing about this is like the the barbecue place can like fail in one of these aspects, mm-hmm. but not in multiple ones. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about the the places that they're talking about, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you think about what's famous Dave's. famous Dave's. Uh he there is all this stuff happens. Yes. Do you notice how you go to Famous Dave's and all you can smell is like smoke? Never been to Famous Dave's. Well, congratulations. Do they pump it through the... Uh... Look, I don't know, man. Is it like know. Abercrombie Fitch where they pump like... I don't know, but it, they're guilty of sin of all this stuff <laughs> with the sauce and the no wood stack and the big cooker <laughs> and the crazy, crazy marketing stuff, you know? I, I think you can get away with a lot of things if you cook stuff like, you know pulled pork sandwiches and like yeah. stuff that requires a lot of sauce and not mm-hmm. a lot of like I'm not know. trying to come down on famous days because you know somebody's got to be the the Applebee's of barbecue you know what I mean yeah and more power to them that's cool whatever but if I'm gonna go get barbecue I'm gonna go to Kansas City Joe's and we just did last week oh man and Glenn, look, that place could fail at every one of these check marks, and it wouldn't matter because the barbecue is insane. It is unbelievable. It's like the uh, if there was an MTS for barbecue, <laughs> it would the computer would be steaming right now <laughs> with grill smoke. Um, anyway, yeah, we just yeah we just went last week. We yeah. had a we had a dinner down at uh, we got some burn ends down there, mm. and let me tell you something. There's no liquid smoke in those burn ends. That's that smoky, delicious flavor is all natural. Oh man, they so I was watching, or my wife was watching the. <laughs> let's see, it was about food. So, so it was a travel channel, mm-hmm. and uh, they they were they were traveling all these different places, and one of the stops they went to was Kansas City Joe's, awesome barbecue place. They're known like nationally, internationally for their burn-ins, mm-hmm. and so they went and they showed how they cook them, and it's like an eighteen-hour process. Yeah. And it is, there's no, like, it's all smoke. It's, mm-hmm. oh, man. And Multiple, you can, ta- you can yeah. taste that 18 hours oh. when you're eating it. I mean, it's like. Yeah, you sent me a text afterwards, and you're like, man, my mouth is just. It's like, it sounds terrible, because I was like, uh, my mouth, I could just taste charcoal. Yeah. But it's like, it's weirdly really good. It I don't know how to describe fine. it. I don't it know how like to a- describe it. It's like the best. <clears throat> there's Henry T's Wings, mm-hmm. and then there's Kansas City Joe's. Burn Ants. Yeah. It's hard, man. I mean, it's difficult. I I know which one I'd pick if I had to. I'd go burn ends. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to That's the thing. If, if I, there's one of those two things and that was it, it would be burn ends for me. I concur, Brad. Okay, Glenn. Well, let's, you know, look. If you're ever in the Kansas City area, go to Kansas City Joe's. Go on a Monday, Wednesday, or Saturday. Those are the only times they have the only times they have burn ends. Yes. Go to Henry T's. Drive over to Henry T's and get some... some Wings with grill marks. Call us up. We'll go with call, you. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you're going to be in Lawrence, give us a call. <laughs> if you're well, Lawrence, but if you yeah. are going to Kansas City, email us and ask us where to go. Because if it comes to barbecue. Right. We have, we're very opinionated about it. And it's the right opinion. It is the right opinion. You know, that's the thing yeah. about Kansas City barbecue, Brian. All right. 
Texas barbecue. If you're from Texas, you think you have the best barbecue. Mm-hmm. If you're from, you know, Memphis, you think yep. you have the best barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're basically if you're from anywhere else, you think you have the best barbecue. But I'm telling you right now, you don't. I'm sorry. It is an empirical fact that Kansas City has the best barbecue. Yeah, it is the. Wasn't it Einstein that that officially said that Kansas City barbecue is in fact the best? Yeah, it's like I believe it it's, was. What is it? It's like E equals BBQ squared. Right, that was the formula. That was the, what it was. Yep. Um, KC KC BBQ equals KC. Yeah, squared. Something like that. And look, it's just they they. Look, Einstein said it, not us. Yeah. Don't don't blame the messenger. You yep. know, look it up on Wikipedia and gentleman.com. Yeah. And, this, um, this is like, you know, when we talk about barbecue, it's probably like religion for a lot of people mm-hmm. listening, like it is for us. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's impassioned stuff, but um if you come to Kansas City, I will, we will change your mind. Yeah. We will you will see we'll the take light. the Pepsi challenge. The Pepsi challenge. That's right. Well, anyway, we, that's that's enough on barbecue, Brian. What yeah, do we got up next? Let's get let's get off the barbecue thing because I I don't know when <laughs> the next hungry. I know I don't know when the next time I'm gonna be able to have it is. So mm-hmm. it's it's difficult. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, next up we have this really cool old school article. Yes, it's new school but old school at the same time. And this was posted by our good friend Demon. We, demon. We officially said that it's called it's being able to pronounce demon. It is demon. It's D A E M O N, but it's demon is yes. how it's pronounced. Um, I'm not calling him a demon. That's mm. his avatar. Um, we don't make the news; we just report it. Exactly. Uh, so this is this is entitled "1960s High School Gym Class Would Ruin You," and this is all about this crazy physical fitness program at La Sierra High School in California in the early 1960s. Um, and this was basically like harder than a military workout is is how they kind of describe it. They they have they start when they're freshmen, mm-hmm. and if you go and watch the video, which we'll link up on podcast.gentleman.com, uh, it shows all the crazy stuff that these kids did. And this is a really cool concept. And actually, uh, John F. Kennedy heard about this and wrote an article all about this calisthenics program at this high school and how it should be a model for the rest of the country um for doing that and it made immediately made me think how i blew off my gym class in high school (laughs) but when i was watching this i was like wow this is actually awesome because it's really actually teaching kids how to to really push themselves in a physical sense and the healthiness that comes out of exercising and it's really instilling those values in them. And it, it seemed like it made it come almost like a, they had this whole system where if you're a newbie, you wear one color shorts. If you're like the most accomplished person, which is like, I think they said 19 students of all time were able to wear the blue shorts, the which was like shorts, the, yeah. the ultimate, you know, guys that were able to do the, the toughest stuff. What was what was some of the the st- like you could you had to do like thirty three or thirty four pull ups something like thirty four pull ups I think you had to carry somebody on your back for five miles or something yeah so we're not talking about just like uh, you know a couple of push ups or something like that these are like pretty serious it's like little Navy SEALs and they had custom equipment built that they would use yeah. and you know the the old pegboard thing where you're pegging yourself up a wall and oh the 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 monkey bars that weren't bars but actual like mm-hmm. ropes. 
ropes that you grab to pull yourself across. Anyway, so they had all these crazy things. But I, I was thinking about this, and I was like, man, that was really cool because they really took advantage of uh, pushing the actual time that you had in your PE class to do something productive. Yes. You know, like all I can remember about my PE class was like playing volleyball and basketball. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this was all about like a hardcore workout during your during your high school years, which is pretty cool. It's supposed to teach them how to be tough and continue on to exercise throughout the rest of their lives. I'm trying to think what we did in my high school gym class and it was man. We played dodgeball, I think. Which uh, I remember dodgeball. Yeah, that's fun. But that that was a dodgeball was like that's a terrible idea. It was a really bad idea because you get like the guys that are super strong or whatever, and they're just like trying to hit people in the face with the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The bullies. <sighs> I was I was that guy. Oh, I'm sure you seem like <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so it's, it's, I thought this tap was really cool because it, it talks about how, I mean, they, they have an interview, we watched the video of it and had an interview with JFK and he was talking about how this should be a model for, this is really important, everybody should be looking at this as what they should be doing. And it immediately, immediately made me think, as soon as I saw JFK saying, everybody should be doing this, mm-hmm. I immediately started thinking, man, I'm being so lazy. I haven't <laughs> like, been working out at all, I haven't been going and doing anything, and uh now, now it's got me thinking. I gotta, I gotta stop. I gotta stop sitting in front of the computer, sitting in front of the desk. I gotta get out and mm. fight with the sharks. That's right. Ask not what your country can do for you, Brian. <laughs> Ask is. what your physical fitness can do for our country. That's right. That's what I need to be thinking about, Glenn. Yeah, you know, I don't. Thing is, I don't. Maybe I'm wrong, but I want to say that JFK probably never went through this training regimen. Oh, probably not. Like you know, there's all these like he played football outside with the family. And Looks good stuff. on the carton. Yeah, it does. But I'd like to see him do some of the uh, the, the, the custom made monkey bars that this this gym instructor had made mm-hmm. were nuts. Like yeah. it was like I'm trying to. There's there's no description. You just have to watch a video. We'll link up the video. Yeah, but it's, I, it's quite. Impressive. I would cry. And the other thing too is that these guys are not like. Like slogging through, they're like bam, 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 bam. They yeah. are going quickly through yeah. this program. Mm-hmm. I think something like twelve minute warm up, and then like a five minute intense, super intense yep. workout, basically. Yeah, I smell a new fitness Ooh. program sweeping the nation. What? Okay, so we have we have paleo, we have primal. Oh, oh no, oh, you said fitness the, program. Yeah, uh, CrossFit. Yeah. So this would be like Circle Fit. Circle, <laughs> Circle. <laughs> Zero fit. Zero. <laughs> Ulta fit. Ulta fit. There you go. That's better. That's more catchy. Yeah. All right. 60s fit. Well, Glenn, I'm not going to be doing this program anytime soon, but I am I am going to check out this documentary that comes out. They're making a documentary about it, and I think this is, I think this is a great idea. I really wish that Kennedy's vision for making this a model for physical education in the country would have would have come to fruition because I think that... It's an important thing that we're seeing now as a society that people, you know, aren't taking care of themselves and it's it's causing a lot of causing a lot of problems, causing a lot of crazy stuff. And I'm guilty too, because yeah. I'm not out there staying fit like I should be. So right. me either. Well, I think that's something that we've been well, I guess I can't speak for you that I've been trying to do a little bit more. I mm-hmm. think I think uh, you know, if everybody works a little bit at it, I'd be surprised at the strides you can make. Yep. Blah blah blah. <laughs> 
I kind of plowed through Let's that have beer. another beer. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> you want another? <laughs> yeah. Actually, um, um, do you? Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I plowed through that first one just because it's the tasting. Yeah. So the sweet. tasting, I know, yeah. So. Um, okay, Glenn. Uh, this is uh, the next post we're going to talk about is seven things you might not know about Calvin and Hobbes. And this was posted by our good buddy, Nicholas. Uh, who posts great stuff, comments a ton, and I love this guy's stuff. All around swell guy. Yeah, all right. So, for those of you who don't know Calvin and Hobbes. And I don't. I'm not familiar with it. Glenn, I, I don't know very much about this, and it seems like it's uh, something that I should know more about. When Brian told me that he had he didn't know anything about Calvin and Hobbes, he just had like passing knowledge of the this, this series, or comic strip, I about yeah. fell out of my chair because I thought everybody... Knew about this, and that's fine, Brian. I, I uh, now I know a birthday gift for you. Mm, mm-hmm. So, Calvin Hobbes, those of you who don't know, Brian is one of the most beloved. It's actually the most. I think it is. Uh, I, mean, I know you're getting into the you're getting into the waters there, where you're making assumptions about stuff. But Glenn, just just go with it. Just it, say it, all right. Just is, say it is. It this. is one of the most. Famous. Just, say, just say it's the most famous. In my mind, it is the most famous, most beloved, and most popular cartoon series of all time. And okay. I think I could probably back okay. that up. Okay. Maybe. I believe you. Bill Watterson, the, the illustrator, didn't want any sort of publicity whatsoever. He's like this odd character who like never syndicated his stuff except very rarely... He okay. I know it's cra- it sounds crazy, but he never syndicated his stuff. He never did public appearances. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. So the author talks about seven things that we didn't know about Calvin Hobbes' the strip, mm-hmm. and there's a lot lots of great stuff in here. One of them was that uh, Bill Watterson, the uh, illustrator for the series, the creator of the series, he was kind of reclusive and didn't want. Any like he he was a hermit basically. He right. just stayed as far away as he could of the public eye, which was a lot easier to do in the eighties and in the nineties, early nineties. I thought it was cool that the first one they were talking about here that Spielberg and George Lucas wanted to hang out with them, and he politely told them no because he felt like it would interfere with his work on the comic strip. And I was like, wow, right? I mean, that's like us telling Spielberg and Lucas, yeah. We're, we're too busy working on gentlemen. Really to... focusing on the community, guys. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry. Yeah, so I, I thought that was pretty cool that, you know, that that's that shows how dedicated the guy is. I mean, you know, he didn't feel like schmoozing was the right thing to do. Yeah, so. his editor had a really tough job because all these people wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. work with them or syndicate things or, yeah. or, you know, just meet them and hang out with them. And he basically had to... See, if we had an assistant, then that wouldn't be a problem because no one wants to hang out with us. So, right, you know, most boring job ever. Yeah, exactly. So, so anyway, but but on the, on the other hand, uh, he did the editor did forward a a, a fan letter from Stephen King to Bill Watterson. Mm-hmm. So that did manage to get through, but all other attempts for publicity, sh- schmoozing, and socializing were so were, Watterson must have had something for Stephen King. He must have been yeah, a he, fan. Yeah. yeah, okay. So. Um, if you read the series, another thing um, that was pretty interesting about this article is that uh, occasionally there would be these these strips about Spaceman Spiff, which is like Calvin's alter ego. He's he's always landing on Mars and like blasting Martians and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the article talks about how one of the things about Spaceman Spiff is that after he um, or before 
Calvin and Hobbes got going, he tried out. He wanted to try making this Spaceman Spiff comic strip work, mm-hmm. and he said it was so bad that uh, he had to make fun of it in the Calvin and Hobbes strip. So, <laughs> but awesome. it, it was my favorite. It was like one of my favorite. Every every now and again, these Spaceman Spiff cartoons would come uh-huh. out. Like, oh man, this is so awesome! Yeah, and it's hilarious that it's actually Calvin making fun of of the uh, other idea, comics. Yeah, yeah right. it's like. I don't know. Anyway, I could talk for hours and days about Bill Watterson mm-hmm. and how awesome he was. But um, I uh, I like the fact that they talk about how he licensed a couple things, and mostly it was just for like there was like something that he did for charity, basically. Um, but mostly he stayed out of doing doing licensing for products, which is an interesting choice because you know that think about how much money the guy could have made off that stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, what's the, what's that guy's Oh, uh, it's the Office one, Dilbert. Dilbert. The Dilbert, yeah. series. Mm-hmm. They license crap everywhere, like, yeah. so, and they're trying to make movies, and they yeah. had like a TV series for a couple episodes. I mean, it's like all this licensing was going on, <sighs> and this guy, and that guy's worth tons of money yeah. because of the licensing, mostly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, and yeah, Watterson didn't didn't want to have anything to do with it. I think that's awesome. You know, there's something to be said for. I, gosh, I like this guy. I mean, yeah. there's something to be said for turning down a boatload of money to just not... I mean, Dilbert stuff, it almost becomes too inundating because you're right. There's all kinds of crap. You go to the, you know, Walmart and there's coasters of Dilbert somewhere, you know, and it's like, I don't know. I, okay. <laughs> like It just seems yeah. to kind of cheapen the whole thing. Seems like this is something that really meant something a lot to this this guy, and and he didn't want to dilute it any, and I I can appreciate that. He was like a true artist, like he he you could tell like in his comic strips, like they were just like really well drawn, and and uh, you know we talked about last week about the the rules that Disney had for illustration yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You must have followed him to a T because like there's all this movement, man. I don't know. Yeah, I loved it. My grandpa, my so my grandpa and I. When I was like eight, Calvin Hobbes was my favorite book. And my, when my grandpa was like 78, it was his favorite <laughs> book. Like, we would like trade comic books. Oh, it was cool. awesome. It yeah. still is. Mm-hmm. Though he calls him Calvin and Hobez. <laughs> I don't know why, but... Hey, maybe that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. Could be. Mm-hmm. Just retain control of what you're doing, care about it a lot, and don't let somebody else dilute it for you. Yeah, it's basically the the rules. I mean, he he quit at the height, you know, yeah. the, all the all the hype and everything, mm-hmm. and it was because it was just too big. Yeah, I could. See, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to check into this, Glenn. I'm gonna have to to pick your brain about some Calvin. And I'll lend you. I'll lend you a book. Okay. Don't worry about it. Okay, I'll check into it. All right, Glenn. Well, thank you everybody for posting all that stuff on gentleman.com this week. We enjoyed every single post. Yes, we did. Very much. And so did everybody else on the site. Um, so thanks, guys. And, okay, Glenn, it's time for the uh, the toast this week. Okay. Now, this is going to seem a little bit repetitive because we talked about this about five episodes ago, right? Yes. Uh, <clears throat> look, we toasted J.J. Abrams because mm-hmm. the, the, the original Star Wars teaser trailer had come out and it was causing a lot of hubbub. People were excited. The internet okay. was whipped into a froth. And uh, that froth had gasoline poured on it <laughs> and lit on fire and then tossed across the building and blew up 
a semi trailer. Whoa! When they Michael Bay stuff. When they released the the next trailer mm-hmm. that came out, and mm-hmm. so uh, the the Star Wars trailer just came out. Everybody's excited about it. Mike Matthew McConaughey's excited about it. <laughs> and anyway, I wanted to toast at the very end of the trailer. It shows for three seconds Chewbacca and Han Solo. And it's the most amazing moment in the history of trailers of all time. I think you're right. I think I'm right too, Glenn. Um, anyway, Glenn, I just wanted to I wanted to toast Chewbacca and, and Han Solo, better better known as Harrison Ford and Peter Mayhew. Peter Mayhew. The whole trailer builds up to that one last moment, and how uh, it really illustrates how excited people are to see this movie. Seeing Harrison Ford, seeing Chewbacca, uh, at at the end of that trailer, it just blows it out of the water, and it's you know, people are excited about that. I mean, people are really starting to get excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're good at that. Wow! <laughs> Holy crap! So this guy, I was reading about this guy Peter Mayhew, and uh, Chewbacca. Chewbacca, he's seven foot three. He's played Chewbacca in the original three Star Wars, uh, one of the newer Star Wars, which wasn't his fault, and no. the Star Wars Christmas special. So he was actually in them. Yeah, okay. and, and the thing was, they they for the new, I think for the newer Star Wars, he was sick, and they got somebody to play like be in the costume. Okay, and they said that the way that he walked and everything like that. It was you could. It was so distinct that you could tell that somebody else was doing it, and so they had to wait. They they halted production until he was better, so he could come back wow. and finish up doing the stuff because he had such a unique style of movement for that character. Wow, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty cool. Which um, I mean, if you think about it, it's a guy in a costume. Like, how yeah. hard can that be? Yeah. Just walk like Chewbacca, you know. But mm-hmm. I guess he's he's just he's the man when it comes yeah. to being chewy. Definitely, and you know, Harrison Ford is. A legend, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, now I, I'm, I'm excited about this, Glenn. I'm trying to temper my expectations, but I can't do it. Look, dude. I can't do it. Here's the thing. Harrison Ford, when they did The Last Indian Jones mm-hmm. with, uh, what's his name, Babyface? What's his name? Uh, gosh, a little guy. Oh. Uh, Harrison Ford and... Yeah, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. 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 Yeah. LaBeouf. Uh, I was I was all geeked out about that. I was so excited. The trailer for that did look good. Oh, it the was the perfect trailer. Yeah. It was like whoever made that trailer deserves like half the money they put. I wish in. they would edit the gentleman podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow, aliens. Yeah, I mean it yeah. was the the yeah. So Harrison Ford's burned me once. All right, fool me once. You gotta believe, Glenn. You gotta believe. I th- I do believe in a J. I do believe in J.J. Abrams. I've seen what he's done with the, the uh, Star Trek's, uh, you know, Empire resurgence. Mm. I think he can get it done. I really believe he can. A new hope. I do have Glenn. a new hope. A new hope. It's an exciting time for Star Wars fans. Yes, it is. And um, gosh, I'm one of them. I am too. I didn't use. I wasn't until I got into college that I, you know, like way ever, after they had already come uh, out. I, ever since I was a kid, mm. I wanted to like those 
the episode I went know. so bad. I was, I was I was talking to my buddy Dave, and I was like, the crazy thing is, after I walked out of that theater after seeing the first one, episode one, yeah, I was like. It was pretty good. It was fine. It was good. It was fine. Just convincing yourself. It yeah, was good. I, was, I was just convinced because I wanted. It's not that bad. It's I wanted. <laughs> I, I wanted to like it so bad. You know what I mean? I mean, it was. There was some stuff. There was this one time where he was fighting the Sith warrior, and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just getting warmed up. Yeah, I'm just getting warmed up. There's two more. There's two more. This was just a backstory. It's understandable. It's totally fine. Everything's gonna be fine. And then the second one came out, and I was like, "Ah, oh, damn it!" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, George Lucas. Yeah, mm. man. How how awesome, awesome. How amazing is it that he had Star Wars, had that whole empire, then he made those next three movies, and mm-hmm. completely just sullied it, and then managed to sell it. Still, mm-hmm. for how many million? Or was it billions. billions? Yeah. Two or three? I don't know. Ten? The Who whole thing? I don't know, man. Yeah. I just hope... Oh, the one thing I want to say about this is that I hope that... you know They're having J.J. Abrams do this thing, the first one, and it looks awesome. Yeah. I mean, it looks amazing. Well, hang on now. He, Trailers. Let me, let, me tell, let me say something. He brought in Kasdan, the guy that wrote Indiana Jones... Raiders of the Lost Ark, but not Crystal Skull. He wrote no. Okay. He wrote uh, Empire Strikes Back, Return okay. of the Jedi. Okay. They brought him back in. They Good. brought all the original actors, and you put that together with J.J. Abrams, and you get magical movie. Now, yeah, you do. please Disney, please do not screw this up. Like, don't take this movie and make it into some like, you know, this could go so bad. There's a lot right on this. There is. And I, I just there's a lot of pressure on J.J. Abrams, and I just hope he delivers, and I think he will. I think he will. I think George Lucas got off the train tracks and stopped listening to people and had some problems and gave us a piece of crap movie. I want to say three three piece of crap movie, but I want to say I was, I was I was telling Dave I was like I don't know if in 1998 or 99 I don't know if in 1999 anyone. Could have made a good Star Wars movie. That's true. That was a weird time for movies because they're all digital just, effects, right? Everything's digital effects. They just went crazy with it. There's so much pressure to to, to redo that magic. Yeah. You know? Now it's like it's like a it's like a, a coach coming into a losing program. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They had this huge success, and then there was this failure. Although they made a bunch of money off it, everybody kind of. I wish I could have that kind of failure. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, everybody kind of looks at it as like, well, that was a down period. Uh, Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. yeah. And so now you have this opportunity to come in and be the hero yep. and bring it back up, you know? Sleeping giant. Oh. Awaken a sleeping giant. I'm just hoping he can get it done. Yeah. I'm hoping he can do it. He does have the, the nice benefit of, you know, I mean, there are some crazy high expectations, but it yep. can't be any worse than episodes one, it, two, or three. And I will say that, <clears throat> yeah, I feel I feel bad for George Lucas in that because... Everybody will forever remember him for screwing up the <laughs> the second part of it, and then J.J. Abrams will be seen as the the guy that fixed it all. But really, I mean, the truth's kind of in between there somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure there's more to the story. And you're right. Looking back, you know, history, it's hard to it's hard to remember 
the time period, right? The turn of the century, man. Oh gosh! But I, Lucas totally did the digital digital cinema for the first yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, he he was pioneered the guy that it. pioneered all that stuff. And I don't know. So I don't know, Glenn. I don't know. Maybe a hundred years from now, we'll look back on episode one through three, and we'll be like, "Those were actually good movies." Yeah, we could. Be. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. All I can see is like Anakin in a field with uh, princess and these weird lines about ah uh, I, I don't, don't remember any part of the movie uh, other than like oh, Jar Jar Binks no. and then there's some kind of bubble where they're fighting the second the second one is so bad it's so bad just oh. like a fields and and whoever plays love story the, whoever plays uh, the <sighs> the guy that plays Darth Vader that never played anything else the guy who plays Anakin in like the third movie. He's grown up. Mm-hmm. And the second movie. Oh, that's true. And he played in the second movie. I, I'm blacking out. I'm like, I don't even know this guy's name because I want to forget about it. Like, I want to. I know. But there's all this hype about, oh, he just, he's such a great, you know, blah, blah, blah. No. No. Oh, he was in Jumper. He was in the movie Jumper. Hayden Christensen, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hayden Christensen. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Hayden Christensen as. Yeah, it just. Maybe maybe I'm all alone here, but I think he's a pretty pretty abysmal actor. I think that I think he's probably a fine actor. I think that George Lucas reading George Lucas's lines is like <laughs> is like an actor taking cyanide. <laughs> I mean, these the lines are so terrible. How could you be? How could you pull that off? You know what I mean? Go back and read yes. those lines. No, no, I, don't make me, Brian. Uh, they're terrible. It's terrible. No, let's go. To, let's go to something else. Okay, Glenn. All right, let's, we're toasting. What are we toasting? No, we're not. We're not. We're, we're toasting Chewbacca. Okay, and and Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, Han Solo, and Peter Mayhew. Okay, and we're saying cheers. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for coming back, and we're excited. Don't let us down. Don't, don't let us down. This don't time. let us down, Peter Mayhew. Come on, you giant of a man, you. Mm-hmm. Seven foot three. Seven foot three. Marfin syndrome, right? Wow. That's a big guy. That's huge. Okay, Glenn. Um, time for the hot button. Button. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, and this week, Glenn, uh, look, we talked about Netflix before. Yes. I'm starting to get a little bit worried that they're getting into Amazon syndrome. Oh, yeah. We talked about last week how Amazon, their technology train might be rolling off the tracks a little bit. They're going crazy with tech stuff. They're doing all these things, buttons everywhere and switches and wands to go around and order stuff. There's all this crazy stuff going on. Netflix announces, hey, we're going to do a new full house. And we're not backing down. We're seriously going to do this thing. They're trying to get all the original cast back. All of them. I mean, we're talking everyone. Bob Saget. Bob Saget. I don't know, but I know Bob Saget. Uncle Jesse's back, and he's a producer. Yeah. Okay, so he's, he's all in. He's His all chips in. are in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jody Sweeten. I don't know who that is. Well, you're talking to one of the original Jody Sweeten fan club members. So, oh. Jody Sweeten played Stephanie. Okay. Oh. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I may or may not have had a crush on her. Right. In my mm-hmm. younger years. Uh, no, I think she had some run-ins with the law, maybe? Drugs? I don't know. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Dave Coulier? Dave Coulier. Mm-hmm. I think still in talks, right? 
So it's weird. I'm sure he's holding out. There's it's weird because sure. there's like half of them that are signed in and then right. half of them are like, Well, I'm gonna wait and then get all my bargaining chips in and then like try to cash out as much as I can to make this thing happen. This is gonna be like the arrested development with uh, with uh, the Yeah. What, what's his name? Mm-hmm. The guy who didn't want to be typecast. Yeah. Who's always played the same role no matter what. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. So yeah, like half of them are signed up. Netflix is committed to it. There's all this buzz around it. All right, Brian. Here's my take. Netflix is not a dummy. This is a gold mine. Whether whether it's the whether they film a pile of crap for sixty minutes mm-hmm. and call that an episode mm-hmm. with Uncle Jesse's face next to it, right? It'll still be a gold mine because right. who are the people that subscribe to Netflix? Right, people who grew up with Full House. Yeah. Okay. This is a total nostalgia play. Mm-hmm. It's perfect on their end. However, my take is, Brian, that sometimes you just got to let, you just, this is like Jordan going to baseball, baseball. and then coming back. Mm. You know, you got to, you got to go out on top, right? You can't, right. this is, this is, uh, you, you kind of ruin what happened before when you come back. This is like, uh, you know, I always think about, I don't know if this is a true thing or not, but a lot of this, the shows on like, say the BBC they last for three or four seasons, mm-hmm. and then they're super popular, but they just cut them off. They say, well, we're going to do something else, you know? Interesting. Because uh, after a while, you just start, you get you hit this peak, and then it just starts to degrade. With, and with then, the exception of Doctor Who. Well, Doctor, yeah. And I'm not <laughs> saying that, yeah. But I mean, you think about like, The Office. Yep. That was just starting to ramp up when they walked away from that. And then yeah. they turned it into an American show that lasted for like 10 seasons yeah, or whatever. Way too long. And uh, yeah, it was like three seasons and like part of you is like, well, it's over. But part of you is like, man, you have this great like snippet of time where it was like very tied into that time period. And it's very dated, but... Yep. It, it's funny because when you go look back at it now, it's like the early 2000s and it makes sense and it's that's that's where it lived and that's where it was and it was over and that was it. Yeah. You put this thing in here where you put Full House and it was like the 80s and you're moving it to the 2000s and everybody's like old and... Yeah, and a little weird and Dave Coulier. I mean, I wonder what Grandpa. Alanis, I wonder Grandpa. what uh, Lennis Morissette feels about this whole deal. <laughs> like, I you know, I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm curious. Yeah, but the point is, like, I don't know if it's going to work or not. But you're right; it's perfect for Netflix. Oh, they can't lose. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's already getting hype. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, it, the, every people are writing articles all about it, and it's like one of the. <clears throat> I don't know. I I never liked the show. Okay. Yeah, it was a little too... It was terrible. Yeah. It was a terrible show. Uh, but you're right, the nostalgia factor. Now people are looking back on that and remembering, you know, the good times of 80s sitcom television. But or I'm just, just growing up. You yeah, know, like growing, growing up. up in that time period. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like some terrible music just because it was there when I was growing up. Well, true. You That's know what true. I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Do you think this is going to be successful for Netflix? Do you think they're going to they're gonna make a good... I, I like what Netflix is trying to do, but I don't want them to... I, what I like about Netflix is what they're doing is they're pushing the envelope on stuff. Yeah. And I hope that they they try this and it works or it doesn't. But I hope that they keep trying to, instead of just kind of rehashing, because like they did the whole Arrested Development thing. Right. <clears throat> they're going to do that episode. again. They're also working on the the 
the Mr. Show stuff, which I'm super excited about. Right. Which is a rehash too, but it's also something that's kind of been underappreciated. It was never a big hit or right. anything like that. It's kind of like an old indie rock band that they're trying to get back together or yeah. something. Yeah. But I hope that they also try to keep doing new original stuff, like the Blood Ties stuff, and just keep more competition for all that stuff. It'll be better. I wish I wish I had uh, pulled this up, but I saw a, an article about how Netflix is basically... They're putting all their chips in on original content, original shows and stuff like that. That's like going to be the future for them. I remember, yeah. It should be interesting. I remember back in the 90s reading an article about HBO, Showtime, and all those networks and how they were like, we're going to start doing original content and that's what the future is for this company. It's not showing movies anymore. It's Because it, back in the day, those channels were all about showing movies. Yeah. So you didn't have to go to the video store to watch that. And now you can... Watch whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want, and it doesn't make sense for them to be around anymore. Really, no. The only people that still subscribe to that is like you know, old people and stuff that don't understand <laughs> that you can like watch the movies on yeah. the internet. <laughs> so uh, anyway, but the but the oh, I, I, and also the people that appreciate their original content, and that's yes. what they knew at the time was that there's a day that's going to come where this is going to be done with, and we need to have our own original stuff, and they they were right on. Because you think about all these shows that came out because of that, you know, stuff like The Wire, The Sopranos, all those things were all about trying to find the best content they could that they needed to so bad have some home runs on yeah. that deal that they tried every, they could, everything they could to get that done. Well, and that's great for people that want to watch great television. And HBO was a pioneer in the whole subscribing, you mm-hmm. know, just to a channel. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, in terms of the online stuff or like the... Didn't they do don't right. they, is, is HBO Go? HBO Now, I think. Or HBO is, Now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and so it's kind so of... they're working on that deal, too. They're trying to get that done. They kind of seem to be at the front. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's neither here nor there, because this is Netflix we're talking about. But, the, I mean, it, it, Netflix is just a study of how brilliant the plan was to, okay, let's get as many people paying us 10 bucks a month as we possibly can, and then we're going to take that money yep. and reinvest it in our own original content. Mm-hmm. And just start making even more money because mm-hmm. now they can license that out, right? If they want to, or mm-hmm. it can be a play to get pe- more people to pay them ten dollars a month. Yep. So anyway, Glenn, I don't know. Well, we'll see. That was a long winding road. To talk about <laughs> Full House. Full House, man. I yeah. There's no way this can be good. And like, if you read the article, I don't know if you're gonna link up the article that. In, uh, of course, I will. Okay. Of course, well, I, will. I should. I shouldn't have even. Ask that question, Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, always doing the right thing. Um, but the article is talking about the plot, the plot for the show. Yeah. It's like so weird, and it's like it's not like they're in the. It's, it's like they're trying to be like, all right, everybody's you know thirty years older. Yeah. How, how can we? How can we incorporate everybody? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know. It's some we. It's weird. Somebody has kids, and somebody's kids live with. Other, I, I don't know. It's There's like weird. a death, and then like everything changes. <laughs> and that's the other thing too is like they have this whole thing figured out, and only half the cast is signed on. Right. So I don't know. I think you're right. I think it's just more like a publicity play. Dave Coulier, let me tell you something. He's going to sign that contract. You think so? If you're in this, if you're in this, if you're in the negotiation room with Dave Coulier right now, let me tell you something. He might be holding out. He's signing that contract. Whatever. What else is that guy? You know what he's right saying? Now? He's saying, "Cut it out. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> Cut it out." Okay, I'll sign. 
<laughs> Cut it. Yeah, right here. Right here. <laughs> An initial here. An initial here. Okay, Glenn. All right. Well, well, there's no consensus on that. Other than it's probably going to be terrible, and it's a good play for Netflix, and everybody else just needs to sign and get it done. Yes. Just make, make this it, happen. Make it happen, Netflix, so we can make fun of it. Yeah, make it happen. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, I was... Um, time for the questions from the gentleman mailbag. Okay. And uh, I was, you know, I was browsing around the internet and stuff like that, and I saw that the satisfaction survey for American, for U.S. airlines, uh, came out, and it ranked the top ten airlines in the United States from yeah. one to ten based on customer satisfaction. And we got this question: uh, What is your worst air travel story? I don't really, actually, I really don't have any air. I, I did have to stay overnight in a hotel. Or in a hotel. <laughs> That'd been great. I had to stay overnight in an air... In a, uh, airport. A, airport and an airline. Um, yeah, that was that was brutal. My wife and I, I... She was my fiance at the time. Mm-hmm. I had to stay overnight in an airport. But um, it was kind of... A, it was so weird, actually. That I'd never done that before. And um, I can't remember why. I think the, the weather or something. And so um, we had to... Uh, Sleep in the airport. Have you ever sleep in an airport? No. Mm-mm. I don't know if there's a best way to do it. I'm sure you could Google the best way to sleep in an airport, and we probably weren't doing it. But it was basically just on the floor, and we had our luggage like as close as we could do us. Like, oh yeah, we wouldn't steal it. Right. But I remember waking up. I'll never forget this. Waking up, and this lady is just like vacuuming around us. You know, as we mm-hmm. sleep on the floor, it's just yeah. it's just kind of just surreal. Like, man, <laughs> this yeah. is the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. But it's travel. You got to take it in the stride. Did you have a flight canceled or something? Is that why it happened? Or? Yeah. What was it? We had it canceled, and they were like, "Well, we can get you this hotel, but your flight leaves at six a.m. So you can you can do that, or you have to be back at the airport at four. Um, and it was like ten at night. I don't know. It was it was yeah. it was like yeah. I don't. I, I have. I just have a couple of things about this. Um, okay. So, I've never been trapped anywhere. I've been delayed for hours. I've had my luggage lost. Okay. One time on the way to New York, I had my luggage lost, and they lost it for three days of a five-day trip. Ooh. So, that's the only time I've really ever lost absolute control with somebody on the phone, because I had called, like, every day since we were, like, on a short trip <laughs> trying to get our luggage off, and then, like... They kept telling us the same thing over and over, and then on the third day, I totally lost my Marbles. cool <laughs> big time on somebody on the phone, and then they finally got our stuff delivered. But it reminded me the the best story I have about um, tra- like air travel stuff was, and it's also funny because so this list uh, this list of the top ten or uh, the worst ten best and best and worst um, is number one is jet. JetBlue Airways, which I've only traveled once, and it actually involves a story. Second was Southwest, um, and the worst—the worst are Frontier and Spirit. And I've never flown Spirit, but Frontier is terrible. I had a bad experience with them like three months ago, and it was yeah, annoyingly they're, bad. They're they're pretty. But okay, so JetBlue. So <clears throat> me and my buddy, I was in, I was in Australia. Me and my buddy. Went down to spring break, and a couple of European girls went to uh, <laughs> went to Tasmania for mm. spring break, 
And um, wait, wait, wait! You and your buddy and a couple European girls? Yes. Yeah. How did that all organize itself? It, we were all just friends. We were all friends going on a spring break trip. Oh, so you knew them before? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So we so we left Australia to go down to uh, Tasmania. Oh, this is while you were in Australia. I yeah. Okay. So we were going down to Tasmania, and uh, we we go down there and we're hanging out and everything like that. And then me and my buddy had arranged a flight through JetBlue, and it was different than theirs, but it was. Their flight out was, I want to say, at like 9 o'clock at night, and ours was at 6 o'clock the next morning, okay? So what our thought was, well, we'll just go to the airport, and we will we'll see them off, we'll say goodbye, we'll hang out at the airport for a few hours, and then we'll just kind of, uh, you know, just crash out there, Yep. and then just take the first flight out the next the next morning. Well, we're, we... we <laughs> We check out of our hostel and we go and we see the girls off and everything like that. And I go up to the the travel lady, you know, there's somebody behind the JetBlue counter or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, is there like a, a place to grab some food around here? Because we're going to be here till like six in the morning or whatever. <laughs> and she's like, uh, oh no, uh, we close the airport at nine thirty and we don't reopen until five thirty in the morning. So you're going to have to leave. And we had no place to stay. Because, and this is Tasmania. I mean, you can't just like, you know, I mean, we were on a, (laughs) our whole plan was to like stay at the airport the whole time. We had no hotel. We had no nothing, you know, anything like that. So we were like, uh, okay. So we had to leave. So we didn't know what to do. Uh, We ended up, we were like, well, let's go back to our hostel. Maybe we can stay there. So we went back to the hostel and I went and talked to the guy and I was like, look, we thought we were going to be able to go stay at the airport and that didn't happen. We checked out, but can we just like get a room for tonight to whatever? And he's like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm totally booked up. Like, you know, you guys are kind of, and it was like late at night and he's like, you're not going to be able to find any place else to, to go stay because it's like 11 o'clock at night by this point and nothing else is, like, <laughs> nothing else is open. <clears throat> so I was like, okay, man. I was like, look. I promise we won't cause any trouble or whatever. We'll pay you for it. Can we just like sleep on a couch or something in the hostel? And he's like, uh, he's like, okay, look, you know, you don't have to pay me anything. Uh, just you can sleep in the. You, you guys have been cool. You can sleep. You can sleep on a couch in there or whatever, and that, that's totally fine. So he just let us stay there, which was really awesome of him because you really yeah. didn't have to do it. Um, and it was called the Drunken Frog. The the, the hostel was called <laughs> the Drunken Frog. And I have a T-shirt from there. <laughs> Um, so if you get the chance, if you're in Tasmania, um, <laughs> stay at the Drunken Frog. And um, anyway, but so yeah, so that was my that that was I, I didn't realize until that point that not every airport stays open all night. Some airports close down. I didn't know that. I just assumed I I was a stupid American and I thought the same thing. I was like, <laughs> we're in this airport in Tasmania. It's just going to be like the United States. They're going to be open all night. Yep. And no, 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 no. All night. <laughs> no. Uh, so, oh, so anyway, not, no. that was, so yeah, so we, but it did, I mean, it didn't turn out that bad. We ended up having to take a cab back to the hostel and the guy was totally cool about it, but we could have ended up having to sleep on the street that night. If that would, man, that would have been brutal. Yeah. But it didn't work out that way. We, we, I remember playing pool in the lounge of the drunken frog hotel that night and then booking over there early the next morning and heading out back to Australia. So yeah. yeah, so that was yeah. So that was my experience with JetBlue, 
And um, <laughs> so I don't know if the customer survey is exactly right. Well, maybe their Tasmanian branch is a little <laughs> saltier than is. the rest. <clears throat> I think it is. I think it is. Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to fly JetBlue now. I'm going to have to. I'm interested in this. I am too. I, not, we were talking before the show. I figured Virgin would have made the list. Yeah. We talked about how. I think how they might awesome. be too small. They may not do enough domestic flights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're more of a yeah international organization. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry I didn't have more to add to the segment. I, I'm just boring when it comes to travel. <clears throat> well, and boring is good when it comes to travel. Yeah, because that means nothing went wrong. Uh, okay, I okay. Now that we're talking about this, I do remember one story. My, but it's not that great. It's just me being stupid and a dumb American. We, but we're in we're in Boston. I had just run the Boston Marathon on the way home. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to fly back, and uh, we were. We figured that every airport was like... I was 19. Right. I know I was 20. Right. And every airport is just like the one in Kansas City. You know? <laughs> Where if you've ever flown in the no Kansas City airport... No other airport. No like other Kansas airport. City. Yeah. It's Nothing. completely different. Yeah. So you fly... I mean, th- what they do, it's like old-timey, like... Mm-hmm. You can take your bags, you know. It's just this If you've seen the movie Airplane, that's exactly. what the Kansas City airport is like. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. it's no joke. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Boston airport, big bustling airport. Yeah. So we're waiting in the lounge for... We don't know any better, you know, because in Kansas City, you can just kind of show up <laughs> right. whenever, and the plane leaves, and it's no biggie. Do it on the day. Right. Yeah. And um, <laughs> we, so we get there like an hour and a half early, get our stuff out of the cab, you know, get there an hour and a half early or something, and we're eating something in the... Uh, the food court, apparently they said our names over the intercom like a bunch of times because we never checked in. Uh, and uh, so the flight was overbooked. Yeah. So they let somebody oh. who was badgering, this, this guy was kept badgering and badgering the employees there to like buy a seat. He finally mm. got one. He got our seats. Mm. And so 19, man, I really hope my wife doesn't listen to this part. Or no, 20. And uh, so we find out. And I'm like, oh, okay, this sucks. Yeah. But I'm sure we'll figure something out. And this is before, like, cell phones were real, yeah. you know, like, reliable yeah. and everything. Right. And my wife loses it. She didn't, she didn't, she wasn't upset anybody, but she was just like, that feeling of, you know, you don't, you have no idea what to do. Right. You're out of, you right. know, she's 19, I'm 20. Like, right. It's your first time away from, right. you know, without your parents, I guess. Right. And, and, uh, for her and, and, uh, <laughs> so she calls her dad, she's bawling and like, like, you know what? I can figure this out, okay? <laughs> I don't know why you're calling your dad. Just let me handle this. <laughs> Trying to act all tough. And I go up to the counter. I'm like, hey, uh, uh, see that over there? <laughs> see that ball of crazy? Please help. You know, yeah. she, so the lady felt really bad because yeah. she was like, she'd been pestered by this guy. And yeah. She, you know. Yeah. yeah. So she was like, hey, if you guys hang around. Next flight, I got you covered. Mm-hmm. First class. We got first Ooh. class. Got the comp. Nice. Got the uh, moist towel. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. I recommend. Let me tell you something, Glenn. I realized something when I was a kid mm-hmm. to being now, you can attract more flies with honey. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. When you're when you're dealing with people in customer service, oh, yeah. I used to lose my stuff. Yeah. And, like, you know, like I was talking about that, that 
that flight earlier, I would flip out on people, you know? Yeah. And then I realized if you call somebody up and you're sugary sweet, <laughs> yeah, you know, if you're like, I'm just, say you know, sugar in the raw. I'm just a kid from Kansas. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, I didn't know in this big town in New York that I'd lose my stuff. Could yeah. you help me, please? Hey, where can I buy some chaw? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, no, I, that's one of the things is like, I think that that is a much better tax to take. You know, some people argue the opposite. They say, oh, you gotta, you gotta get upset. Otherwise, they're gonna, I think people need to identify with you and, and understand that you, you know, you're a good person and they're going to try to help you if you're a good person. Yeah, we didn't, I mean, my wife was upset, but she wasn't, she would never, you know, talk to the, she was just yeah. upset, you yeah. know, like, well, she I don't know what to do. Not like, yeah, 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 no, no, no. Yeah. And so we went up and talked to him and we're like, hey, yeah. we're a couple of rubes here. Help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it worked out fine. Mm-hmm. And I think actually our flight beat it. I think it was a direct flight, whereas the other yeah. one was like a, a hopper somewhere. Mm-hmm. One of those. We live in a weird part of the country where we have to fly. Like you can fly up to Chicago. Yeah, you can fly yeah. north halfway across the country and then fly down to Miami. Like right. that kind of. Right. Just depends on where the yeah. The if hubs you can get to Chicago or Dallas, yeah, you can get to Kansas City, no problem. Yep. And that's every place goes through Dallas or, or Chicago. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, Glenn. Well, nothing too bad has happened to us yet. Nah. That was like, those are like easy problems. I feel fine. Yeah. No problem. You know what else is fine, Brian? Is the Mirror Pond Pale Ale by the Shoots. And Sugar in the Raw. Sugar in the Raw. Sugar in the Raw is delicious sugar. Ooh, you know what would be good in this uh, tasty pale ale? Maybe, Maybe some, like a teaspoon of sugar. To make some the raw sugar. Mirror Pond go down. <laughs> Mary Poppins style. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, on that note, that was episode 56. Episode 56. It's a good show. It was swell. I mean, as, I mean, relative to our other shows. Uh, okay, it was adequate. It was an adequate show. Okay, adequate okay. Show. okay. There we go. That. We can agree yeah, on that. Yeah. Okay. We, we got a full house reunion. Yeah. Got a, a chart topping pale ale. Mm-hmm. That's true. We reviewed. That was, that was a good part of the mm-hmm. part of the show. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin and Hobbes. Lots of different good stuff. Chewy and Han Solo. <laughs> I know who they should call if if uh, if he does if he if he can't if he's not up to stuff. Oh, so. P- Peter's got like two feet on me. Yeah, that's true. In stature, so. CGI these days digital mm. effects mm-hmm. it's excellent okay Glenn well that was uh, that was episode 56 Glenn I'm excited about it I'm fired up about yes. episode 57 57 though. it's all about looking forward episode 57 I'm excited about it mm-hmm. come back listen to episode 57 we'll still be here I hope you are that's right ooh good tech night Brian and uh, I am Brian McKinney I'm Glenn Sansbury we'll see you guys next week for episode 57 Good night, guys may the force be with you